Hi, I'm Frankie de Jong, and you're listening to PR Football. Change, please. It is January and the transfer carousel is in full swing on both a managerial and a player front. This is BR Football Ranks. Welcome aboard. My name is Jack Collins and I will be your conductor today. Whilst the Bruno Fernandes saga continues to rumble and Spurs look to shore up their midfield with a little dynamo from Benfica, Barcelona have made the power play of the window so far, sacking manager Ernesto Valverde after back-to-back league titles and with the team sitting right at the top of La Liga and in the last 16 of the Champions League. Expectations are high at Camp Now. They are high in the ranks studio as well, though. And to lead us through the talk about our new man in the Barcelona hot seat, fire up your offerings. It is the rank god, Mr. Sam Tai. Hello, my friend. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm pretty excited about watching Barcelona again. Yeah. But before we get into Barca, should we address the absence of one? Well, I was going to say we could start with... You know, Kike Setien, a man much loved in his past. Perhaps, actually, it would be right to start with Ernesto Valverde. I meant, I meant Dean's not here. Oh, right. <laughs> Dean Jones is not here. Dean Jones isn't here. He's in Michigan. Though. Jack doesn't care. Well, I just have to roll on. This is the, the thing with hosting. You've just got to roll with the punches. Yeah. And Dean not being here has freed up a slot for our favourite comedian to return. Mr. Reese James will be back later in the show. We're going to do a therapy session for him for his time with Jose Mourinho. Yeah, two months with Mourinho, so he's got a lot to talk about. He's got a lot on his chest. And then he's going to rank five things he doesn't understand about football that will be fun but shall we talk about Setien and it's the bit yeah it's the big news so Setien is the new is the new manager of of Barcelona most recently with Real Betis honestly I feel like sometimes the scripts of football are just written for Jack to get behind the microphone sometimes but let's talk about Valverde first lovely chap really nice guy handled himself really well throughout this process because if you if you read Sid Lowe in the Guardian and, and multiple Spanish reports about what the, the process here of what happened He's been treated quite poorly yeah, by the club. Badly, yeah. And he is so gracious um, because he took training on the day that he knew Barcelona were actively attempting to find a replacement for him. They hit a point of no return after they basically they lost the, the Supercopa semi-final to Atletico Madrid. They were leading 2-1 with nine minutes to go and they lost it. It was the third time that they have basically blown a, a, a pretty good lead. Maybe it wasn't three goals this time, but it was a, set, a third semi-final but by the way, this time in a competition that no one cares about. So if he'd have won the tournament, no one would have cared. But the fact that he lost it meant that he has been fired. They decided. It's strange that this is the straw that broke the camel's back, doesn't it? It really, it really does. Yeah, and they basically hit a point in no return halfway through a day. It seems by flying to Qatar, offering Xavi the job. He said no. Asked Ronald Koeman, he said no. And they're like, well, we can't not sack him now. We're just going to have to keep asking people. They end up with Kike Setien. What we say there is not a reason to be like, oh, they've ended up with Kike Setien. No, but he is it's pl- someone that they've maybe come down to in a roundabout way, yeah. but it might end up being a very, very shrewd appointment. Seems like it could be because, you know, speaking in an idyllic way, Kike Setien and his possession football and his brand of football, which we saw at Real Betis, is Barcelona. Yeah. So the main complaint from Barcelona fans over the last couple of years, two and a half years, is that Valverde, look, while he might be successful, he won four trophies, he's won the league twice, he leaves them top of the table. Like Results-wise, they've been pretty good. Obviously, those Champions League faux pas are a different story. But generally speaking, they've, they've won games. Yeah. yeah. The, it's the way they play is the, is the problem that it's people have. sluggish. It's, yeah, it's pretty stodgy at times. And the fact that he you know, loans a player like Carlos Alenia out and doesn't play a player like Ricky Puig from the academy, but plays a player like Arturo Vidal, who is a real warhorse, a battle-hardened midfielder who will crash through tackles. That is, you take those, the treatment of those two players and how one plays an important role for Valverde and one is out on loan, and you say, well, that is Valverde's style, isn't it? And that's not what Barcelona fans want to see. Because you say, this is a tough gig. You don't just have to win, you have to win in style. Yeah, I think this is it. So like Valverde, and and the complaints about Valverde's style are reasonably fair enough, I think. You know, you you get to a point with a team where you're expecting, with Barcelona, that they play a certain way. And it's not the only way to win, like like they say, but it's the way that Barcelona have chosen to to go and it's the way that they've chosen to to follow. And, And therefore, the fans want to see that style. I think just a final shout out to Valverde before we get on to Setien, that, you know, his final letter to the fans and to the Barcelona 
you know, wider diaspora, yeah. I guess, was a, a mark of absolute class to say that he'd had, you know, a wonderful time despite the pressures. He was grateful for the opportunities. He wished all the best to Setien and, and hoped that they'll be successful in the future. I just thought it was a mark of a true gentleman of the game. And, and while we have, you know, and while we have been critical of his style at times and critical of how Barcelona have been, and, and I think reasonably so, you, it, it does kind of go out and you do have to you know, tip your hat to someone who's who's conducted himself immeasurably well, given how much pressure has been on him for so long. Absolutely, yeah. This man took training on the day that he he probably knew he was going to be fired, but he wasn't sure. And he left the training ground not fired on the day that he, he was just waiting around and seeing what happened. He wasn't going to put himself in the firing line by just not taking training. He just carried on as usual, knowing this was probably his last day. And like again, that that, that statement he, he, he put together for Barcelona's website... He thanks the players, he thanks the staff, he thanked the fans for two and a half amazing but intense years. He won four trophies, he definitely made sure he mentioned that. And at the end, he wished Kike Seti in the best of luck. I want him to be my granddad. I just think what a lovely man. Yeah, it wasn't right for Barcelona, but I, I wish him every success. Now, I, I'm sure that he will go on to be successful at other clubs and in other managerial yeah. roles because yeah. he does have a style. It might not be the Barcelona style, but he has his own style and it works yeah. in, in various ways. But let's get on to Setien, um, someone who is a proper Cruyff disciple, a very much a proponent of attacking football, someone who should bring back that Barcelona style of play, if you will. Yeah, you think so. Based on what we've seen at Real Betis, probably going to favour a 4-3-3, which is, of course, the Barcelona way. Well, for, that's what they say it is anyway. But he has that tactical flexibility to move around if he needs to. The possession football will return. The free-flowing football, the dominance on the ball, the possession figures racking up. I think... Look, there's going to be some reservations as to whether or not this actually translates into even better results because Valverde set a very high bar results-wise. But stylistically, it's going to resemble Pep Guardiola's Barcelona and Luis Enrique's Barcelona far more than Valverde's Barca did. Yeah. And that, that's, that's kind of crucial. He's now, a big attacking attacking coach. And I think something that people see at Betis, and that if you look back through the Betis results, especially in that first year, there was a lot of four rules. There was a lot of five threes. He is, we will score more than you. And the reason I think this might work at Barcelona is, one, I think the defence that they have, while not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, let's not you know, make yeah. things into something they're not, is better than the defence he had at Betis. For sure. In terms of, you know, Fedal, Mandi, lovely players, but... Equally, they're not of the quality of Mtiti, Pique, Longley, even Tomato. You know, all of these players have defensive flaws, but they are still better defenders than most in the world. And I think that's it's easy to forget that when you're when you look at it or when you're wrapped up in it as a Barcelona fan. Yeah. Um, But the other thing is the attacking wealth of riches that he now has at his disposal. Obviously, Suarez is out. We'll get onto that in a little while and how that might affect him. But even with Suarez out, this is you know, an attack that attacking coaches dream of. And therefore, Setia must be pinching himself. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's definitely pinching himself. And like, again, the, the crazy set of results or set of events that actually led to him being appointed, he must be pinching himself because if Barca had had their first, second, third or fourth choice, he wouldn't be here. Yeah. But now, a good, a good coach that fits the style well gets to figure out, he gets to sit down in his Barcelona tracksuit in his office and think, right, how am I going to play Messi, Griezmann, Dembele, Suarez when he's back. How can I use Frankie de Jong? Like, this is going to be fantastic. I think players like Frankie and Arthur are two of the people who's set to gain most out of this. I'm not sure how he's going to deploy yet with his midfield. He might have Busquets behind them and just allow. He might sit Frankie at the base and just yeah. let him spread. Either way, the ball-playing midfielders are the people who potentially stand to gain most from this because... Setien loves, he was a centre midfielder himself by trade, I think is important to remember, but also he loves having possession of the ball and yes, he wants to get forward and yes, he will look to get the attackers into play as quickly as possible, but his midfields want to dominate the ball and players like De Jong and Arthur must be like, absolutely right for him. Absolutely, I think so. I think they'll be really happy with this appointment. I think Junior Firpo will be really happy too. He's going to come on I mean, he he, he basically played left wing back or left back for Real Betis under Kike Setien and he was signed by a Barca in the summer. Obviously, he's back up left back to Jordi Alba, the best in the world, arguably maybe second best behind Rob Robertson. So it's not like he's just going to like come into this team now. But if Setien decides, actually, I'm going to go for three at the back, I'm going to go for three, five, two, I'm going to play Griezmann and Messi up front together, and I'm going to use wingbacks. This is where Junior Firpo actually starts to find his comfort zone a little bit. So Frankie and Arsa loving life right now. Junior Firpo breathing a huge sigh of relief because he was on to be a bit of a flop, genuinely. I know it's early, but and he's young, at these part. kind of prices, this is, this is how these things work. He's a very good player and he'll be breathing a sigh of relief. You flip the coin 
and you, th- you think someone like Arturo Vidal, who we've spoken about, I mean, he's already like he's, he's not exactly a spring chicken, is he? He's obviously a useful player. At well, this point. I mean, Inter must be licking their lips because they were in, they were interested at the time, and you know, there's obviously talk of Lautaro. I don't think Lautaro is going to leave into this window. No, but there was talk of there being some sort of deal in there for Vidal to go one way and, and Lautaro to go the other. So I think Vidal will probably leave. The only thing that might stop that is the fact that they've already sent Carlos Alenio on loan. Can you call him to back? Betis. I, I'm sure you could, but I don't think they will. I don't think Kike will raid his old club for a player that he's not raiding his old there. club he's just using the resources at his disposal I don't think that they will call Elenia back but Elenia must be sitting there going damn oh, yeah. <laughs> like, really oh, really you've oh. just decided to do this but he, you know, he's going to be fine I think the 3-5-2 you just mentioned is important that's where Setien went in his second season at Betis, when things started to change, he did switch to that 3-5-2. Employed it quite heavily with three solid centre-backs and then wing-backs that really did fly forward. With Suarez out, I think that they might end up with Messi and Griezmann up front and, and play that 3-5-2. And it might just solidify them a little bit. But it also means if you have three at the back, you probably don't need Frankie and Busquets on the pitch, which does then open up yeah. the questions about who's going to play in midfield. I think, I think, yeah, he has to answer all those questions and he now has the liberty to, to flex his muscles, so to speak, and just to, see, just to see what he likes and try different combinations. I do think that three centre-backs and Frankie and Sergio Busquets would be a bit overkill and actually start, start to have fans question about this attacking identity and like, where is it? Why are you playing five defensive-minded players? But not that Frankie necessarily is, but the fact that Suarez is out might mean he just settles on a, a 4-3-3 with Griezmann up front. So obviously it hasn't quite worked meshing all of these attackers into the same system yet having losing one for four months due to knee surgery might just it might actually settle them down it might be the making of Griezmann it might be the making of Griezmann through the middle Messi continues on the right hand side and Dembele if he's fit plays on the left or, Fati, or, 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 or Firpo with Alba behind him like there are lots of combinations to try there as well and I reckon he'll go 4-3-3 first and try Griezmann as a striker and get him settled because that's one of the one of the number one tasks on the list for any new manager. Get Griezmann to be Griezmann. Right? Yes, absolutely. Or just is, let him free. Unlock Griezmann. And you don't look. You don't want it to happen because Luis Suarez is out for months. But it, this is an opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned someone that we feel probably should mention, and you already tweeted about him this morning. Ricky Puig, I know, is a favourite of yours. Invited to first team training immediately as soon as Setien was through the door. Yeah. Is this his moment? It's Ricky Puig season. Absolutely. You know how in my New Year's resolutions, I told you about a huge disparity in the amount I like Guinness, the amount I drink. Ricky Puig, the disparity with how much he's achieved in his career and the number of mentions on this podcast is about the same disparity. I don't know how we've managed to do this, but this could be it. He's got a manager who would embrace his strengths and try to hide his weaknesses inside a system that would suit him. So, look, you've got to say that he's still probably seventh on the depth chart for central midfielder. Probably, yeah. He's got a hell of a lot better chance now than he did. Absolutely. Right, well, after the break, we are going to be bringing in Mr. Rhys James. Stick with us, we'll be back after the break. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks, where we are delighted to be joined by our favourite comedian, his hat-trick of appearances on this show. Welcome back, Mr. Reese James. Thank you very much for having me. You get a special gift, Reese, as your hat-trick of appearances. Um, well done on wearing the shirt, by the way. Yeah, That's yeah. phenomenal. for the phenomenal. occasion. Kept it on brand. Incredible. Amazing. Absolutely Walked incredible. through the door and that, I was, I was made up. Top not. If I'm honest... It's I'm all I've got left. <laughs> the... the there's not really a greater opportunity to wear this top. <laughs> I, I haven't worn it much Should have worn it outside of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, have any you, other have, football Have show? you actually worn it once? Because if you have, that's incredible. I think I wore it once to the gym and I felt very self-conscious about it. <laughs> Is that by, it's I quite, always feel self-conscious in the gym. I always feel self-conscious in the gym. In the gym. Yeah, yeah. Nothing it's quite blasé, isn't it? it doesn't, it's not subtle. It's just a bit, yeah. yeah it's, it's, just like, it's the right material it. to wear in a gym. Yep. But then it's not all it's got. There's too much on it. There's too much going on. Yeah, well... As yeah, as you kind of your Patrick present, shall we say? Um, you know we have a wheel. Obviously, it's not it's not getting used today. There's no roulette today, so I get to keep it. <laughs> you get you get a slot on it permanently. Which so the numbers read one to fourteen. <laughs> wow. You get to pick whatever number you want, and it's Amazing. just going to have your face on it. Instead. Eleven. You're going to have eleven. Eleven, please. That's yeah. it. So, and and also it means that if you ever have a question, you want to. 
to put in, you are guaranteed the 11 slots should Amazing. land on But you. it doesn't mean that I have to give you a question every week. No, no, no. no, no you no. give us questions whenever you want. Right, or right. It's just going to go 7, 8, 9, 10, Reese face, 12. <laughs> yeah, it's going to land on the Reese question occasionally. And then I can't wait it. to see your guests from the world of football come in, spin that and go, what the hell have I just landed on? <laughs> then you say the name Reese James and they go, that isn't Reese James. <laughs> They're like, that's not Chelsea's Reece James right back. Is a right back who plays for Chelsea <laughs> yeah. who looks very different to that little boy. <laughs> well, Reese, since the last time we've had you on, uh, Tottenham have been going through some, some major changes. You are, of course, a Tottenham fan. Yeah, we're going uh, through changes, baby. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of Tottenham fans real angry, real sad at the moment. Mm. So we thought maybe we could we could kind of get through some of your problems. A little bit of a therapy session for Spurs right. you know, under, under the new regime. And so we guess what are your thoughts? And we kind of work through the problem, see what we get to. And sure, yeah, yeah. There. So what, what are your, what are your Well, thoughts? this actually won't be too dissimilar from uh, the actual therapy that I go to, because <laughs> this is pretty much all I talk about. It's the only real problems in my life. Uh, I don't know. The thing is, I, I don't really know how I feel. Obviously, I'm not particularly happy. There's an element of me that was like, uh, there's a very sadistic part of me that was a bit like, I'm glad we weren't just suddenly excellent because I care about Pochettino so much that when we then were like losing to Southampton or whatever, it was like, yeah, see, the that wasn't the problem necessarily. Yeah, yeah, there's a bigger problem at stake, which is these players are bad at football. <laughs> it's an issue, or, an or issue not really motivated managing. and not willing. And it's like we got. The, I would want to put out there maybe the smallest new manager bump in history, the shortest amount of time that we were good. Two halves in separate games. <laughs> Everyone we gets a bounce. We had one game worth of bounce spread across two games. Yeah. And that was it. And then we were just back to being rubbish again. So it was that, West Ham first half yeah. and Olympiacos second half. Yes, absolutely. And then from that And that was on, like, oh, Deli Ali's back. And then you're like, no, no, no. Now Deli Ali's back. <laughs> this, is who, this is who I've known for the last year and a half. Um, what I... I was very anti-Mourinho when Poch got sacked. I was saying, this is awful and anyone but Mourinho... And then he came in and I had a few arguments with family members of mine about that, which makes a nice change from the Brexit chat. Um, <laughs> and then I was really anti him because it's just like, ah, it's not how we play. Like, uh, sure, the defence needs sorting out, but it's like... So yeah, that's the interesting thing about it, is even the benefits of having Jose Mourinho in this team like Spurs, who tangible, leaked goals. Yeah. Like, We've leaked more goals than ever. This is mental. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> I appreciate that he came out and said, well, it's because if I park the bus with this team, it nullifies our attack and Spurs' attack is too good to do that. And then as soon as Harry Kane's injured, he's like, all right, park the bus, it's Liverpool. Um, <laughs> which actually was like, oh, it did almost work to get us a point, which I would have taken. You'd say that was a pretty reasonable strategy to take. It was a pretty reasonable strategy. I think he left it a bit too late. I think he left it a bit too late to change it because once Lamella and Lo came on, we were excellent and looked like we were going to score. And 10 more minutes, I think we potentially would have. We should have done. You've yeah. been in also very, very And good Son, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really it, good. It's just, yeah. And I hope he makes his way into the starting lineup. I'm sick of seeing Ericsson starting. That's, a, that's the main frustration is that a lot of these players are just like, ugh, again. I've got to watch this again. This guy come out who doesn't want to be there. Or even the people who do want to be there who are crap. But what <laughs> he won me over, Mourinho, in game one because he took Eric Dyer off after 20 minutes. And then I remembered, no, he was the one who played him in the first place. What am I doing? But the thing we always complain about with Poch is that he would leave it to like, always 75th minute first change and then Marino to just do it okay it's not working 20 minutes you're off and just go it doesn't matter about burying someone yeah, yeah. and making them look terrible or whatever um, well he'll always look to do that with at least one player yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Tanky and Don Blake yeah. he's walked through the door and gone oh, no. you, you. Yeah. <laughs> he's just picked someone at random the it Marino wheel he's doing this whole injury chat at the moment isn't he and yeah. now he's laying into him for being injured yeah. which is so it's <laughs> such really a weird, weird thing to do I like, saw quite an interesting article that was like Spurs, you know, even when Spurs are winning, like don't play like you're a relegation side. Yeah, like don't play. Like, and it has that that game against Liverpool was genuinely, yes, like you say, it nearly worked. But I must have been just really disheartening. Be like, well, we're just going to put nine men behind the ball for the whole day. Yeah, it, to be honest, I was I kind of expected him to do that on the basis that we are. He's obviously watched us for the last few weeks and gone, the, we aren't good enough. We're not fit enough to beat a team like Liverpool. Yeah. The I mean, only fair, way to get to be fair to you, no this. one is. Yeah, yeah, point, exactly. So. But Liverpool were making mistakes, which is the annoying thing. It's like if you you can force them to make mistakes, well, yeah. they weren't particularly good. No, I know that goal was very good, and yeah. they should have scored in the first minute. Yeah, if it, were, yeah, if it wasn't Tanganga, but half all that, half all that. But yeah, I don't know. I feel a bit like um, this isn't how Mourinho's, as far as I'm aware, ever had to do it before a team with no budget coming in halfway through a season where it's like, no, make these players good rather than sign who you want and 
turn them into the team that you want. Well, I think he does have some budget. I always laugh at the uh, the old the old line that was trotted out when he was appointed, which was Daniel Levy and Jose Mourinho agree this is a great squad. It doesn't need yeah. any major additions. Yeah. And a month later, he's like, right, I need a centre back, left back, right back, centre midfielder, yeah. and a backup striker for Harry Kane. It's like. Yeah, so basically the first bit was just a massive lie. Yeah, yeah so we've got food at home and then you're scrolling through Deliveroo. That's what he's doing. <laughs> or Uber Eats. Um, I'm not tied to anyone, Brad. Just eat. I don't mind. I'll take cash from anybody. Why do you think I'm here? Um, but, yeah, it's a bit weird because now he's obviously gone, oh, these players are crap. He was probably watching Poch before going, why are they doing so badly? He's got an amazing squad. I'm so jealous of this squad. And then you train with them and then put them on the pitch and go, oh, I see. Yeah. They're terrible. The thing with the Jose appointment is, to me, it feels a bit dick swingy from Daniel Levy, it's a little bit like, well, we've got Jose, so we are a big club. Uh, what, what worries me more than anything is that everyone, all this chat of like, Jose's in. If we're ever going to win a trophy, it's with him. And then when we don't, there's <laughs> even more of a, ah, you don't win trophies. Yeah, yeah. Hanging Not over our heads. Not it. even the trophy winner can win you trophies. Yeah, no, I mean, magical I mean, trophy sense. man. Yeah, magical trophy man. So, come in to win the silverware. He's come in to win trophies. Oh, they failed again. They've, <laughs> come second again yeah, yeah. yeah so, he's left to go to the Portugal job so from, yeah. from here what like what has to happen to make you feel happier about all of this Ericsson's got to go I need to see Ericsson go ideally in January for 17 to 20 million pounds is that it uh, that is what that's all you're going to get Spurs are asking for 20 and I think they're not going to get it right I mean I know he's out of contract but I still think well I think, I think exactly it's because he could just sign a pre-contract now yeah but they're trying to that's the talk with Inter isn't it I don't really see the point of going to Inter to be honest but Fine. I mean, look, if you're no, gonna, uh, no one wants you, sh- him, you shouldn't care about his destination. You just want him gone. Yeah, I just want him to stop being played at least. Yeah. And if, yeah. Like, if he is going to be played, come, coming on for the last 15 minutes and like doing the sorts of things he used to do for us by just shooting from the edge of the box when we're drawing 0 0 with Brighton or something like that. But don't, I don't want him to start a game because he's so going through the motions. The problem he's got is that he looked like that even when he was at his best. Is he looked like he was just he so does casual? Look like a, but he a can't, stroller, doesn't he? he can't make a pass at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are players. Players on the bench who should be play- starting above like him. Like Lo Celso. Lamella. Yeah. There's loads. What, uh, what else needs to happen? Um, we need a defence. Okay. We need to find a defence. <laughs> I don't know somewhere. if you know this about football, but uh, it's not just attack and midfield. You need to have a defence <laughs> in every team and a goalkeeper, but um, we need a defence. It's mental. Our defence is mental. Uh, right back, absolutely. Yeah. Need a right back. Uh, need a left back. Need a left back. I think we've been a bit unlucky with Ben Davies' injury coming when it did. I rate Ben Davies. I know that all Spurs fans do. Especially given that Jose essentially built a system around him. Um, what, for one game? Entirely. Yeah, but he was like, this is it. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. We were quite good in half of that game. You, uh, and he was, he was excellent. <laughs> he was against West he is good at that role, that more defensive role. He's not that good going forward. We need a defensive midfielder desperately. Yes. Agreed. Our centre midfield is just gone. Yeah, you, we know, don't you don't have, have one. Yeah, this I mean, there's injuries, but there's not that many, really, when you Jed, think about the it. Paper, the paint should be dry on Jedson Fernandez's signature by the time this goes out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know much about him. Box to box. When Sissoko got hurt... It, it, He's just Sissoko. It, 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 better than Sissoko. He is probably better than Sorry. I don't think How Sissoko. dare you? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about this. <laughs> Sorry, okay, yeah. I've, Excuse I've sinned, me. I've sinned in recent presence <laughs> again. Um, but yeah, no, he's more technical. He's more technical. He is. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Let's put it that he's, way. He's not, he doesn't look like he's wild and out of control. <laughs> he hasn't been his best for six months or so. <laughs> no. You are picking him up at a low ebb. But he's a tidy player. Um, well, that's sort of our vibe. <laughs> low ebb FC. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's all <laughs> we're going to get, get now. Better. We're, we're going to get Lorente again as well. Oh, goodness. Low me. ever. We need a striker. Another you do. One. Just okay. need a backup striker. What happened to the Piatek chat? I thought we were getting him. And now he's gone. And again, he'd be a low ebb, wouldn't he? Yeah. Another it, oh, he's in a crisis of confidence. Yeah, exactly. he, he, I don't know. He, don't he, would, he, would, no, he would redefine low ebb. Jetson, oh, often. God. But um, we need I, what I'm, the reason I want him more than Lorente, and I love Lorente so much, is the blue eyes. Uh, and I said that as I looked into your blue eyes. <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit creepy. What, if, what if I had curly bask hair? <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do, mate. Um, <laughs> you have you have got a, like a remarkably good looking goalkeeper's quadrant. Yeah, this is something <laughs> I, I always think about. I was yeah. like, oh, Gazaniga, good looking boy. It's got to be the yeah, the, the best boy. Yeah, it's got to be the best goalkeeper. Hundred for a pure Look. purely based on attractiveness. Yeah, I, I think there's some quite attractive goalkeepers in the Premier League, but not with their subs as well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a partnership they've got going who's there. Liverpool's sub goalkeeper Adrian Adrian it's not bad no it's not it doesn't compare to Gazzaniga no, 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 no. well you've got is that a trophy 
Yeah, maybe. Best I mean, goalkeeping, so. best looking. Well, goal don't forget the um, only lost one nil to Liverpool trophy. Of course, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> right after the break, Reese, you're going to be talking about the things you don't understand about football. We've talked about all the things you do understand, basically, <laughs> well, yeah. in, in Spurs, uh, and now we're going to uh, <laughs> things that things that wind you up, annoy you, frustrate you, but that all was sorts a, of things. That was a great session, Reese. I yeah, mean, I, I feel like you've made again. some good progress there. I don't feel any better, but uh, thanks for coming in. Well, it's only the first session. <laughs> yeah, you've got six more scheduled over course, the next six yeah, months. Yeah. Once, a, once a month, we're going to get you in for a therapy and session. And so reasonably priced really. as well. <laughs> I know. What a day, what a day. Right, we'll be back after the break. Don't go. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks, where it is time for this week's main ranking. And obviously, a special guest in the studio. It's a special guest ranking. Rhys, do you want to tell us? What you're ranking? Five things I don't understand about football. Exactly. Crucially about football. Number one, why Pochettino was fired. Number two, why Mourinho was fired. <laughs> Three, why Sissoko well, is well recognised as the world's best player. Actually, number one is extremely relevant to the conversation we were just having. Right, okay. As oh. ever, I've got a, uh, a headline and then a little subheading for, each, for each category. Number one, Kieran Trippier. Catfish me once, shame on you. <laughs> Catfish me twice. Shame on Serge Aurier. <laughs> right. I want to clarify before I go into this one. Zero research has gone into this. All right. I'm not a football pundit. I don't know what I'm talking about. I am a football fan and a stand-up comedian. So I don't know what I'm talking about by trade. Right. That's literally my job description <laughs> is to not know what I'm talking about. But based on hearsay and some social media, Kieran Trippier is good. He's good again, is yeah, he? He's fine. Isn't Basically, he? <laughs> yes. So a bit of background, right? I was obviously on here before. I called him the World Cup catfish, right? It's really stuck that, by the way. I know. We get, we get I know. people I still... using that label a lot. <laughs> I get tagged in it sometimes. People, okay. whenever he's in the news. Before you go on to how good Trippier has or has not been, yeah. you see the thing I tagged you in at the weekend where he put a social media post up and he did the full-on post this image with something like colon. Oh, did he? Oh, <laughs> Let's amazing. Go Super Cup. And I was like, oh, good. Amazing. Good. Excellent. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so good when people do that. I'm going to anyway. start doing that on every post just to pretend I've got a social media manager so people think that I'm doing better than I am. Um, well, the thing is, right, so he was a World Cup catfish. He's really good in the World Cup in a certain system. And then he came back for Spurs and had one of the worst seasons anyone's ever had. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And... He put it down to a load of different reasons, like I wasn't fully fit and I never got any time to rest and stuff like that. But just like, whatever, mate. He caused me so much anguish. And then he went to Atletico Madrid and everyone was surprised about that. Yes. But when we saw, everyone was like, sell him, sell him, sell him. Potentially yeah, yeah. Surprised everyone was like, sell him. And then it's like, no, really good clubs come in. It's like, what? Maybe we should keep him. <laughs> Sorry, someone good wants him. What are you talking about? I thought we'd go to Stoke. What's going on? Right. Um, and maybe that's why he's doing so well, because the red and white stripes of Atletico yeah, make him yeah. feel like he's at Stoke, where he belongs. Uh, <laughs> but I just can't believe that he's good. Like, they're, they're five points off the top of the league. They're doing all right. They're doing their standard, you know, sit in third place type vibe. Yeah, um, they're a top side. They were in the final of that cup. Genuinely, when they were in the final of that cup, I was like, if he immediately wins a trophy at his new club, I'm going to be absolutely furious. <laughs> they lost. They probably should have done. Right? They should have done, yeah. If it wasn't for that red card, they probably would have done. Yeah, probably. Um, they lost... On penalties, 4-1. And I watched the penalty use out. Who scored the one? Kieran Trippier. Are you Great kidding pen. me? Great to be pen. fair, he was always all right at pens. So he was quality at pens in the World Cup. His penalty against Colombia in the World Cup was absolutely exceptional. It was identical to that penalty. Yeah, he's a set-piece guy. Um, he is a set-piece guy. So what is it then? Is it because, yeah, is it because he feels at home in a Stoke kit? Is it because uh, Simeone's taught him how to defend? Is it because the Spanish league is easier, different pace... I don't know if you'd argue that about Spain. You'd argue about other places. It's, it's a little bit slower. More technical. It's definitely slower. Is it that he's had the rest that he wanted? Is probably, it that he loves patatas bravas? Probably a bit of all of it, <laughs> yeah. mate, if we're honest. It must just be a combination of... It's just the change, isn't it? It it's must just di- be. It's, his excellence is directly linked on his proximity to a certain uh, English comedian who gets on his back all the time. <laughs> the further away he is from Chelsea's new right-back... The better he becomes. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. It, look, there were some videos in, in the summer of of Diego Simeone's um, battle-hardened assistant. I think it's Herman Burgos. Correct. The old Argentinian yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah. Guy who you absolutely would not mess with. Yeah, he just looks they, hard as nails. He looks hard as nails. He is hard right. as nails. They, were, they like... were going through back four positional drills without the ball, shifting as a unit left, right, up and down. And Burgos was running up and down the sideline with him, translating all the instructions into Spanish. And he was learning how to defend. Right. That's what we had to do. Teach the defender how to defend. Yeah. That's what but, we need. A, also, a defensive coach. What a yeah. good idea. But also, but also um, 
his his obviously his his great strength is that whipped delivery. Yeah, and I know even that kind of fell off a cliff a little bit towards the end at Tottenham. But generally speaking, he's always been an excellent crosser from deep. And the player he has up front uh, in Alvaro Morata is a player who benefited immensely from Cesar Azpilicueta's deep crosses. Mm. For Chelsea in that season when he scored a lot of headers off crosses. The headmaster. He, he's basically <laughs> yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, he did. So like that is um <laughs> that is essentially he's in a good situation right now. We must be looking back at Spurs as well, at the like, bin yeah. fire that he left, going, Thank yeah. God I got out of there in time. Well the other thing is he has Lodie on the other flank, who basically goes up and down like a rocket all game. Yeah. So he doesn't have to like bomb forward as much he can if he want mm. but the whole thing is he's like I'm quite happy to sit on the halfway line and just get a little bit in front and ping one in from deep and then I don't have to track and back as much and he's best mates with Diego Costa and didn't he say Diego Costa is the funniest man I've ever met in my life and it's because that he, call, he calls Trippi a Rooney and that's the <laughs> oh hilarious that's good that's good value yeah. yeah I mean it, I, I, my theory is that Costa isn't funny. joking Costa <laughs> thinks it's Rooney and Trippi just be like ah, we have such banter <laughs> So it really I'd be into it. Yeah. I think I think that would be a great story later down the line. When we read Diego Costa's <laughs> autobiography in 20 years, he'd be like, the best bit of my career is when Wayne Rooney really right good. back yeah, yeah, yeah. to go. There's that an autobiography that will be ghostwritten. Anyway, yeah. uh, up next it is VAR, hashtag goals. Wait, hashtag goal overturned. The striker's chin was offside. Now, I don't want to dwell on it, right? We've all had the VAR debate. We've heard all the puns on VAR, Varsicle, Liverpool, uh, they think it's all over. It isn't checking for possible handball in the build-up. Um, <laughs> what's interesting about it, though, there's so many different problems with it, and there's no solution. Like, no, no one's actually offering any solution that makes sense, uh, unless you did that as a special last week on the podcast. In which case, I apologise for not listening. No, <laughs> um, but like, so like the offside graphics that get shared every week with those lines that get drawn, the blue and the red line, yeah, uh, where it's like, well. To the human eye, this is imperceptible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it's like a player's armpit is offside, but they scored with their foot, and their foot isn't. I mean, it's just I just it blows my mind. Yeah, that's um, the only sensible solution I've seen. What, like, with what they scored with? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Just like isn't just pick their feet. It's just where their feet are. Yeah. When when the ball is lifted. I, I, I'm actually in favour of what body part did you use to to put the ball in the back of the yeah. Head? Also, the armpit. What if it's like, in build up? So I. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, maybe not then. Ah, uh, yeah. As Reece says, there, there are no that's the problem. It's just it's I think it is just feet. Like oh, wherever your feet are, yeah, yeah. is is what where you stood. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Like if your if your body is like arched forward and you're trying to leave something, you're still starting from the same position. That's just like, you running. But that's yeah. the weird thing because then like, what about the hundred meters? Because then that's that's done by just yeah, the, yeah. you just lean forward at the end. That's I mean, it's true, so that's, confusing. That's true, but you don't have to align the rules with the one hundred meter sprint. <laughs> it's like it doesn't have anything to VAR, do with umpires. Sorry, going back yeah. to VAR. It's I mean, they do do yeah. they do do the umpire school. It's like actually, it's missing middle. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, unfortunately, <laughs> not able to give that one. Imagine <laughs> that. No, I think is the, the rules are the rules are bad. I think we've learned that the rules, football rules, are bad. They're yeah, just they're, not, they're just not optimized for a digital age. Yeah, so not, not at all. I think I think quote. drawing the lines on the screen is a huge mistake. Yeah, a huge mistake. The just thing give us I the have finished product. How can it be? Because the whole point of it is to remove subjectivity and make it completely objective. But how can whatever governing bodies there are argue that it's objective when the rules are used differently in every league? Yeah. Right. So it's it, like they go over to the screen in France and Spain and they yeah. don't do it over here. And like saying like in the Champions League final, Sissoko's handball, they, all these refs came out and said that won't be given in the Premier League next year as yeah. a handball. And like right. they've done it with loads of different decisions, <laughs> said like, oh... But that's just Champions League rules. You go, yeah, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? The threshold's different on Champions League to Premier League. And it's, it's prison more... rules across the board. That's what we need. <laughs> but I've got to also say, there's other issues with it that are a bit more niche, which are, I feel like, genuinely, linesmen have switched off. They've, they've stopped trying. Because they're told, like, don't make a decision unless you're certain. So they don't do anything. Yeah. Because none of it's certain. It's, so, it's just like, it's mental. They're, linesmen are pointless. Um, Easiest job in the world right now? Absolutely. So easy. And All no one gets angry. give throw-ons. No one gets angry at them. Yeah, yeah, it's literally just giving throw-ons. And they don't get that right. And that right. never goes to VAR. No. Throw-on overturned. Going to see football is now just, it's just part of it. There'll be a goal scored and then you'll sit down and it'll say on the screen, checking for something, checking VAR, checking penalty, checking handball, mm. checking something in the build-up. And now you just have to sit there in silence for a bit. The other issue I've got with it is that you get a lot of players now making the um, TV rectangle signal to referee. Look, I don't want to be rude, but a lot of these rectangles look pretty fucking oval to me. Right. <laughs> if you're going to do it, stop rushing it. Refs do it as well, where they do the thing. You go, what screen's that? What are you talking about? 
rectangle or nothing. <laughs> know your shapes. Exactly. That's the main, main issue with it. So my idea, right, for VAR. Oval screens. Oval screens, first of all. <laughs> then maybe the refs will actually go and look at them. Oval screens everywhere. Um, Declan Rice just gets punished for anything he does. Declan Rice, for him, feet count as hands from now on. Yeah. Um, no, and uh, right, you get three VAR, VAR challenges per team per game. Make it like tennis. Like a flag. Um, yeah, and you have to throw in a flag after, but you just do it after you concede, but you have to have an exact thing you're looking for. Yeah. So you throw in a flag and go, I think there was a handball there. You can't just throw in and go, I don't know, check it all. <laughs> have a look, last 10 minutes. Yeah, see exactly. if check it all. So you have to go in and go, I think he was offside, and then yeah. they check it. But you get three challenges a game, and if you use your three in the first half, then see you can handball and do all they want. <laughs> as long as the refs, as as the refs not looking. Sure, because yeah. Lino's not looking. Exactly. Lino's switched it. off. He's switched off. That's the point. And that's how we hustle them. And that's how Spurs come fifth. <laughs> um, up next, football commentary. Not for me, Clive. So, right. With football commentary, <laughs> when it's not cliches... You just don't get football commentary I don't, as an entire thing. I don't know if this really fits into the what I don't understand, but I think it's more... Um, <laughs> I don't, don't like. Yeah, fine. Uh, you got all the cliches. Great feet for a big lad. You couldn't write it. Got to work the keeper. He almost hit that too well uh, <laughs> that do my head in. Yeah. Right, when it's not cliches, they're saying stuff that sounds like um, relationship advice from women's magazines. <laughs> Phrases like, uh, you've got to stay close to your man. You don't want to lose him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they always speak about managers as if they're dead. Right, so They'll be like, oh, and Spurs are defending tight and holding the line. This is exactly what Mourinho would have wanted. It's what he does want. He stood there watching it. Uh, they've got a really convoluted way of speaking. Right, So it's one of the only places you'll get rewarded for saying the phrase, he has a lot of height instead of he's tall. <laughs> or they always say you're not wrong instead of you're right. And it drives me mental you're not wrong I just he has a lot of height i love just semantically that is absolutely insane he has a lot of height um puns there's so many puns that are irrelevant watching a, com- a, a lead commentator do a labored pun that they've clearly been planning for hours so like it'll a match will be on the same day as the grand national they'd be like oh we had the grand national earlier and now it's man city who have galloped into the lead <laughs> no one at home is going brilliant oh, fantastic i'm so glad i heard that if gabriel jesus scores during easter they go insane. <laughs> and he's back. He's been off form lately, but he's back. It's Risen mental. again. Exactly. His wrist. Yeah, yeah, if he scores a header. If Jesus scores a second header at Easter. Jesus rises again. I, yeah. I have a personal gripe with the phrase, you couldn't write this. It's exactly what you'd write every time. Well, it's not even that. Like, is it, If people can like envisage things like Lord of the Rings yeah, 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 and yeah. Harry Potter, they can write that Stoke equalised in the 73rd minute against City. Yeah. Like, Exactly. That's, yeah, yeah. that's not out of the oh, realms the, of possibility. If I was going to write uh, any football, fake football match, the player who used to play for the team he's playing, <laughs> scoring an equaliser, is exactly what I'd write. Yeah, that <laughs> would be in the script. Exactly. That's exactly it. I really hate those cliches that you mentioned. Yeah. The, the bit that's been planned. I really dislike that. Um, the, the witty, the like when they throw it, when the studio throws it over to the commentary, someone's always got something to say that's clever. I'm like, yeah. no, just... Just show me the game. Like, yeah. Start, yeah. Yeah, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, there's bits of it I do like. And it's live. Great stuff. That sounds tired now. Great stuff. It, but it was a good little had a good catchphrase run. for a while. Good run. It was yeah. a good stuff. I didn't mind you don't save those back in the day. I didn't mind that when it first on the scene. Yeah. Um, God the, rest his the, soul. <laughs> so it's got a foot like a traction engine. It's got a foot like a traction engine, sure. I mean, Get a bit of Partridge it. commentary I mean, if Partridge there, was yeah. in charge, everything would be much better. That, yeah. See, that's... But that... that sketch the alan partridge sketch of him doing commentary just highlights how excellent commentary could be if we just embraced going just mad Hell when he goes shit <laughs> yeah. at a good goal it's like yeah say how we feel i'm doing the, all this in the atletico versus real game um we're watching the espn uh stream on the co-commenter what was that it goes through it goes through it goes through Oh, actually, that's jovic <laughs> and yeah it would have been a really good goal and someone in the office pointed out he said Actually, it would have ruined it. Like yeah. all the highlights, looking back at it for years, would have been like Isco, Isco, Isco. It's Jovic. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Goal, yeah. Goal. That's why. Actually, would they re-record that? Do you reckon? Yes, you'd have to. <laughs> European like... commentary is better. It's because it's much more mad. It's much more in the moment. Is the it, whole go, 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 go. You don't understand it. I don't understand it. Next up, okay, belly of the beast, football social media accounts. Savage quotes and fire goats. Right <laughs> now, fire goats. I don't understand. <laughs> and actually, Bleacher Report is social media is one of the better ones, right? You're not as guilty of a lot of the things I'm about to say you can as a lot of the other ones. You can receive your check now. But the stuff that is like 
tag a mate who'd miss this. Yeah. It get, makes me go insane. I get tagged by loads of strangers in those. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, mental, well, the tag a mate thing, the stuff like, um, like Cristiano Ronaldo having that iPod shuffle a couple of weeks ago, right? And everyone going, oh, what um, retro technology do you think Messi would have? Leave a comment. I understand you need engagement. I do understand that sweet, sweet engagement. Is sure, we did that. Necessary. We, we did. No, we oh, did. sorry. I did just look through your we did Instagram. Chris, we did Cristiano with lots of other retro things, like yeah. a Game Boy. But okay, but how much did you court for people to I get know, involved? We were just like, it's if just Cristiano had other retro things. Yeah. I think your one is quite good at just being like, look at this thing. It's right. the ones that are just over the top. I know that it's all about, you've got to get people commenting and liking. I understand that. And if there's any um, cliches, if you're watching this, uh, that annoy you, then comment below and let us know. Um, tag your mates. What cliches do they not like? They might be we'll, in for a we'll shot. We'll out. give one away at the end. Exactly. I decided that I'd say it here. Yeah. Where, where else? You are gonna be, I'm going to be straight up with this you. Is an appraise, this is an appraisal. And at number one, um, football chance. The thin goal line technology between the carrots of conviction and the humiliation of hubris. Now. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. There Let's go a, again. There wasn't, what, you said there wasn't a poem this week. Yeah, I no, think there exactly. was, <laughs> Whoops. You want to hear it again? Yeah, I do. Football chants, the thin goal line technology between the carrots of conviction and the humiliation of hubris. Fantastic. Right. I can picture nothing more nerve-wracking in the world than gathering all of your fellow football fans to pitch to them a new football chant that you have conceived. I don't understand how football chants get off the ground, right? Especially the more convoluted ones, right? I do understand if it's just bail, bail. I mean, that's pretty simple. Yeah, people get that. Um, but when you're like, when it's a song, particularly when it's like a reworking of an old Dean Martin song. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's some of these are real like swing classics. Yeah. The moment where you, I understand people do it on like Twitter. People put them on Twitter and say, I do this chant. But that doesn't account for people who are going to be in the but stadium. You're, talking about, you're talking about genuinely standing there and going, I'm going to go for this. I'm and going for it. shouting it into, into the ether. So I, the, the way or that I got one in the, the ground, pub, being like, when we get in there, yeah. let's rehearse. Right. Let's rehearse. Get your harmonies right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only, the only thing I offer is, uh, I started a Stephanie Hansen song at Fulham. It's, an, it's the tune of Enola Gay. And all I did was I sat her on the train home from Barnsley and I sang it over and over and over and over again until people caught on. What, it, until they do it? Yeah, but that, what? That's what I mean. So that is the thin goal line technology between the carrots of conviction, which you, you did pay off. You got the carrots of conviction, but it could have been the humiliation of hubris. It's your worst nightmare chanting it in the terraces for the first time and no one joins in and then there's just a bit of silence. Not only is it my worst nightmare, it's a reality. So... <laughs> okay, what have you tried? I, uh, <laughs> on the last day of the season, it sort of caught on for a bit, but not enough. On the last day of the season, um, last year at Spurs, I ended up hammered and went to this pub after the game. Big mistake, okay? I happen to forget, I'm world famous, right? <laughs> so while I was there... <laughs> <laughs> so I was there in the pub and everyone was just chanting in this beer garden and like I was with a couple of mates and we were all just like doing different chants, right? And then they someone started singing Jamesy, give us a song. Jamesy, Jamesy, give us a song. Now I've thought about that moment for ten years. All right. I check I rotate the song it would be in my head. Uh I thought, no, I've got the perfect one, especially given the day we just had. We come forth and Delhi Ali had scored and I went, right. We've got Ali, Delia, and everyone knows it, and it's a long enough chant, and it's good. I literally went, we've got... And remembered, this is literally the chant we just did. We, li we all just sang, we've got I can't do that. And then I thought, okay, a couple of times there's been a retro chant in this beer garden that's really gone down well because it proves that you know everyone. The only one I could think of in that brief second was, duh, 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 Didier Cora. right? I just about <laughs> got it to catch on. Then I got overexcited with confidence of people doing that. My friend came up with a chant that we workshopped after Spurs beat Man City in the quarterfinal of the Champions League about Fernando Llorente to the tune of Fernando by ABBA. <laughs> and it goes, There was someone in the box that night. They marked him tight. Fernando. Then he hit the ball in off his thigh. Made Walker cry. Fernando. Fair, but that's the most amount of people who've ever sung that at once. It was just one just then for that's me. That's good. Right? Yeah, exactly. But people just weren't... I did it with like a couple of mates did it, did it in this garden. Everyone was too hammered. It didn't catch on. And I realised what would be the point anyway, right? Because it's You'd so left. much work to get, to get a chance to catch on, right? And even if you create Will Briggs on fire, your defence is terrified, right? A classic for the modern age. Yeah. No one is ever going to believe you invented it, right? Yeah. So That's really, good. you have to do it purely for the love, the need for these words to be out there in the world. Because even if you go, you know, I actually started that, everyone will go, you're insane. Right. I've got a couple. Have you? Yeah, I've got a couple of things oh, I, don't, I don't understand. And I'm sure there's sure there plenty of listeners to be like, <laughs> everything. Yeah, but specifically football <laughs> things I don't understand and annoy me. So I've got two. 
Uh, first one is how a thick mop of curly hair can convince a person that a footballer is better than they are. Example, David Luiz, Matteo Ganduzzi. What about Colaccini? He was class. He, yeah, but probably not as class as Ivan Campo. Also not as your, class as you Your think. pal, Carlos Valderrama. Valderrama, to be fair, is the exception. Belmar Asuakoto. <laughs> Doesn't qualify. He had too many different heads. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And the second one, so that, is, uh, that really gets me. People see a swishing mop. Marouane Fellaini. What a player. No, that's what you mean. What a player. No, it's too static. Right, because it's too, a throw. Yeah, it's too static. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be sort of Ganduzi louise style. But people get tricked into thinking they're really good. Um, and the other one is um, how people that are less than 50 years of age can claim that Pele is the greatest player in the world. Because I challenge you to tell me how many full 90 minutes of Pele you've seen, pal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. If, you're yeah, build, yeah. If, you're, if, you, if you can shout at people for building uh, opinions and, and of, on players on highlight packages and then tell me that Pele's the best and you're less than 50 years of age, you're a hypocrite. That's yeah. FIFA, isn't it? Okay. You're yeah. a hypocrite. That's FIFA icons, they're basically Plenty of hypocrites. Actually, we weren't going to have a melon of the week this week because, obviously, the melon maestro, Dean Jones, is in Michigan. Um, but... Uh, it's sufficiently necessitated one. There has been so much meloning over the weekend that we've actually asked Dean to send us a special note from Michigan about who is his melon of the week. So without further ado, this week's Watermelon of the Week from Michigan with Dean Jones. It's time for Melon of the Week. This week, it's a watermelon. Danny, drink watermelon. Oh, what a melt this boy was. At fault for the first three of City's goals on his Villa debut. I even spotted that from here in Michigan, two of which he gifted to his former teammate, Riyad Mahrez. Maybe forgot they don't play for the same team anymore. I don't know. All I do know is that the lad is a melon and I had to get in touch to let you know. Cheers, boys. Bad debut for Danny Drinkwater. Yeah, awful. <laughs> like, awful. As they go. Awful. Also, did you know that Danny Drinkwater's last three debuts have all been against Man City? His last three, like, oh, he's not wow. moving clubs his last, before yeah. they play Man City. His last three games have been for three different clubs. How's, you, how's your luck? Yeah. Wait, Chelsea, his last three games, three debuts? No, no, no. So his Chelsea right, debut, right, his right. Burnley yeah. debut, and his Villa debut like, all against City. And it's just like, and his last, last like he played for one game for Burnley and it was against Man City. He's played his first game for Villa against Man City. He's like, he just, he thinks every opposition team is Man City. Yeah, he thinks he's just really, really teams keen to be back with Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, he just really, really like follows him around. Who really, who really rinsed him? Yeah, well, he's he set old, him up for two mate. goals, <laughs> as Dean said. Yeah, so. God, so he's, he was in a Burnley kit playing City, and then he was in a Villa kit playing City. Yeah, Same he must just think well, yeah. he's in Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, it's just <laughs> nothing I'm, has changed. I'm in claret and blue, and I have to play against <laughs> yeah. Mahrez every time I set foot <laughs> on the pitch. That is, Sam, in fairness, your nonsense siren. It is, Which yeah. means it is time for your nonsense rankings this week. What have you got for us? It is. Uh, this week, it's a big one. It's a big hitter. Excellent. I have ranked the best numbers. Well, <laughs> the top three numbers. For football shirts or oh, just in general? Just generally what the best three numbers are. <laughs> oh, God. Here what? we go. And this is moronic. <laughs> <laughs> so in at number three is 30. Fuck off. Yeah, 30. Yeah. You ill. Bin. So this is basically me trying to blue sky the fact that I turn 30 next year. Actually, but- my 30 is... Uh- I was born on the 30th. Good number. <laughs> Forgot when you first said it. No, good number. There we go. I mean, look, people will continually tell you that life begins at 30. Yeah, they're wrong. So I, I do wonder what happened you know in the first... That? Yeah, people over 30. 31-year-olds. 31-year-old women <laughs> yeah, yeah. is the answer. But obviously the first 29 of my years was just a big warm-up. So I'm excited to see do what happens Do people tell you that me. or is it just on fridge magnets? <laughs> Isn't it just life begins at 30, yeah. live, laugh, love... Uh, why would I eat Home is where well, yeah. the heart home is. Home is where the Never is. met a calorie I didn't like. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I like to cook with wine. Sometimes I even put it in the food. Yeah. yeah the, the, Let the, the good classic. times be gin. <laughs> I'm on a seafood <laughs> diet. I see food and I eat it. Exactly. That one. Classic. Absolutely classic. classic. Anyway, we've lapsed into... Eating into, a grape <laughs> is a waste of what could have been great wine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but look you, look, you question who says that. Dean, Dean keeps telling me that 30 is a great age. And he must really mean it. over 30. <laughs> I know, but like, look, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised you can remember what it was like to be 30, because I believe it came before the birth of Jesus. <laughs> However, if it sticks that strongly in his mind, it must have been great. Okay. So, but yeah. Dean also says life is about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> 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 that is true. End at number two is eight. Right. Lucky so number. Eight is lucky in China. Yeah, it is, yeah. Multiples of eight are even better. 88 is like... Yeah, like the it's, crazy 88 yeah, kill It's basically Bill. heaven for the Chinese. Hate is um, used a lot, isn't it? Uh, yes, big time. I, I spoke to my friend in China 
about this just to verify like this because you hear these stories and stuff and he said yes it's basically true and chinese people are always trying to get the number eight into their phone numbers and on their license plates on their cars it's a very sought after number um i think it's the most expensive license plate in the world just number eight blank could yeah could easily be and another little story from me as well is that my fiance rachel who is a lawyer once settled a claim with a chinese businessman who was being quite difficult genuinely and she managed it by gradually adding more and more eights into the settlement figure until he accepted. Wow. I'm not saying just add another eight. Well, in ends. front of it. Like, no, like, no, 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 no wonder he accepted <laughs> yeah. it. was like 14, <laughs> it was like just, 88 trillion pounds not by the it's end just of a lot of money. Anyway, <laughs> she's not very good at her job. No. It's, uh, she, she started changing some of the numbers to eights. And eventually, she just, he just went for it. And she thought, well, that's fine. Uh, oh, so it's the, it's the, Where did you first learn that eight is lucky in China? Yeah, a Mastercard can... advert. <laughs> I thought it was an HSBC advert. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Was it right, HSBC? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's where I first learned it. <laughs> yeah. I wondered if it was the same. No. No, I just... I know. I, I don't... I know. Well, I no just, stuff here. Right. Man of the world. He's I know, I know these things. Also, <laughs> his only connect. <laughs> one, one last thing is that it's the infinity uh, symbol. Yes, sideways, so it kind of, I like that symbol. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so in at number one is 10. So 10... Quite basic. 10 is iconic for a number of reasons. In football... Some of the greatest players ever have worn 10 on their backs. Mm. Uh, Ma- Messi, Maradona, Ronaldinho, Cruyff, Bergkamp, Zidane, Wesley Snyder. It's a long, long list. Mm. It's also a position and long a concept. 10. So it's not just if you wear the number 10, you can play the number 10, but not even wear it. Like Guti, like Isco and like Kaka for the most part. It's also iconic outside of football. Number 10 Downing Street, addressed to the British Prime Minister. The entire decimal system uses 10 as a base. 10 years make up a decade and there are 10 toes on my feet. 10 is everywhere. 10 is iconic, in mm. and out of football. Everything is based on 10. Well, it's difficult to argue with that, really. Yeah, 10 out of 10 as well. People rate things out of 10, don't they? Um, 10 is everywhere. What's your score for this nonsense ranking, then? Seven. Yeah. <laughs> Seven's not on the list, I'm afraid. Your yeah. options are 30, yeah. 8, or 10. <laughs> He's not giving us too many options, really. I'm sad that 7 isn't there. Seven's my number. I knew it would be. Yeah, 7. Never, a lot of people I was, pick I was seven, never going to put 7 in. Lucky 7. Seven's more of a lucky number in the West. Mm. Everyone always has lucky number 7, don't they? Uh, 11's the best number, that's why I picked it in the... Yeah, you have got the, the number, and it takes us nicely back to the 11's wheel, the best number obviously. just because it's, um, it's the best word. As in, if a number is written down as a word, 11, 11. is the best one. Do you think? It yeah. rhymes with 7, so I'm in. I don't know about that. I think seven, I even prefer the next one, 12. You like 12 I written like 12 down? 12 written down. Low, all lowercase. God, last time it was easy, you didn't like pepperoni. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, I think it's probably time to end the podcast. Thank you, Sam, as ever, for pure nonsense. Oh, no worries. Reese, thank you so much thank for coming you. on. Third time. Third Pleasure. time lucky. A lot of fun again, as usual. Got anything new in the pipeline that you want to... Got a new podcast. New podcast? Yes, if you like podcasts, go and get it. It's called Early Work with Reese James, which is my name, which is spelled R-H-Y-S, not like the Chelsea right, right back. back. What is the podcast about? Uh, performers, so musicians or uh, comedians or writers or whatever come and they read me their uh, sort of adolescent creative writing and then I call them a twat and then I read one and they call me a prick and it evens itself out. It's <laughs> funny, everyone's stuff is really funny. It's also really, we've done quite, only one is out at the moment but I've recorded a bunch and they're, uh, everyone's very different. People come in either really embarrassed to do it and then read it and go, this is actually quite good or they come in really uh, excited to do it and go, oh, my God, this is awful. <laughs> and there's been no middle ground. So None far. at all. Do you want me to dig out some early poetry? Like, I've, there, there wasn't a poem today, but there are some. Yeah, I mean, yes, a back catalogue. Yeah, exactly. I've seen what you're capable of now. Yeah. I, want to know, I need to know the inception of this uh, like, in heart, heartbroken 16-year-old Jack right? Exactly. Like, lovelorn poetry. No one's done... I don't think anyone who I've recorded has done poetry so far. And I all, all of my stuff is poetry. Well, so if we're going head to head, we could like, yeah, a, rap like a rap battle. You could get me on. We could go through some of the early rankings that I did when I was like, what, <laughs> six, seven, eight years of age. I mean, yeah, because there's the stuff you've you clearly run out if you're doing top numbers. <laughs> so when you were six or seven, you probably had some good stuff. Yeah, it was always some decent material. You might need to dig that out just for us, mate. Yeah. Is there yeah. a nonsense ranking at the end of your pod as well? Uh, why not? <laughs> why not? That's... At the end of my podcast, I go through my top ever nonsense rankings. <laughs> It's very confusing if you've not heard this one. Yeah. It's, and I don't it's, it's in any way inception. reference that it's, it's linked to this podcast. It's proper inception. <laughs> going on. Well, definitely go and download Reese's new podcast. This has been BR Football Ranks. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Jack Collins. We'll see you next week, Ranks Pod. Please keep sharing the pod with your friends and keep rating and reviewing us on iTunes or whatever podcast store you like. We'll see you next week, Ranks Pod. Take care. 